P.S. I Love Hoffman is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Iggy Pop! Amen! Let him run! I'm a fucking idiot. Red meat, we crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy Cody. Why don't you have some fun? Fun, fun. Tommy, uh, that's a tape, tape. Whoever she is, I'm going to find her and I'm going to hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish. <laughs> I'm always home. I'm on cool. This is a process of dehumanization. Shut, 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 shut up. Hey, Hoff fans, welcome to P.S. I Still Love Hoffman, our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm still Brian Rodriguez. And I'm still Kyle Reinfried. We're always home, we're always uncool, we're always ready to rewatch the great films of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Kyle, have you been? I've been pretty good, you know, trying to enjoy summer best I can. Um, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> hustling and hustling and muscling as always <laughs> just just doing your thing about- um, apologies for last time guys but i think we played the volume way too loud so you got to hear the movie as well hopefully hopefully the uh people at whatever studio made uh what did we watch last time i even forgot scent of a woman scent of a woman yes for the second well. time <laughs> uh the studio that made scent of a woman hopefully uh they don't come after us for, you know, playing a copy of their movie in podcast form, but whatever. We're back here, and we had a very close vote, Hoff fans. The vote came down to one vote, and that vote was actually by a famous person on the podcast. <laughs> oh, the few chances that I get to play God. <laughs> yes, so we actually had a tie between Charlie Wilson's War and Happiness, and Kyle, Realize, I let you. Yeah. Yes. Well, I let you cast the deciding vote. Not that I let you, but you know, I I informed you that you could cast the deciding vote because you had not voted yet, and you voted in favor of Charlie Wilson's War. Why Charlie yeah. Wilson's War, Kyle? Um. Well, it was much easier as far as availability. It's an easier viewing. It's shorter. I don't want to feel depressed. <laughs> so there's uh there there I don't know however many four or five reasons I just gave. Uh yeah, so Charlie Wilson's War. Were you surprised that happiness got so many votes? Yes and no. Um I feel like they're probably in the same amount, so my normal gauge of the one that he's in more will win. I think that's pretty much been what 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 you know how how it's been for uh what, what yeah. was what was not always not, not always, always but, most the, but most of the time most of the time yes that that is correct so the, um, scent of a woman actually beat owning Mahoney but that's why we had the whole snafu so that it didn't yes. apply for yes that was that was the one that I um, I think the only one it didn't apply for but um, well since we've gone to this format for sure yeah um and then Charlie Wilson's War I think it's like a very uh it's a film a lot of people like a lot of people don't like. But I don't think anyone can argue how great his performance was in this film. Of course, I'm talking about our main man, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, he plays the shit out of a Greek man. <laughs> Greek American. That he does. 
that yes creek thank you that he does that he does um and i feel like this uh, latest election we had on our social media facebook and instagram was kind of a microcosm for maybe the election we'll be having in november i'm not going to get into specifics but you know there's some years where there's the two candidates are very similar and there's some years where the two sides feel very different and very polarizing I think that Charlie Wilson's war and happiness were very, very different and attracted very, very, not very different people, obviously both fans of Hoffman, but different kind of people voted for each of the movies. Does that make sense or am I going crazy? You know what I mean? Like, they're very different movies. Yeah, no, they are very different movies, but they have, he's in them for the same amount. They're both memorable performances. It's just, uh... You know, one is for the lighthearted and one is for the perverted. You perverted. <laughs> no. No, I'm kidding. I'm I would kidding. say, yes, you're correct, but I think Charlie Wilson's more is more mainstream. You yes, know? yes, like, 100%. He was already a star when he, uh, you know, was in this film. Think about it. If you look at the posters, if you look at the DVD, he has equal billing with Julia Roberts and Tom Hanks, two of the most bankable actors in american film history yeah exactly so his time uh had come and rightfully so and so he's just at this time this is when he's like in full swing this is post capote and this is when we're getting you know like doubt and savages post mission impossible this is you know he is in his prime right now in every sense of the word, and especially in the sense of uh, his acting career. Absolutely, absolutely. And this is our time now to begin the film. Now, Kyle, I rented it on Amazon. Where did you get your copy? As did I. So we uh, don't have to worry about lining up our time codes, at least. Well, we should, um, because... We want to be fair to the people at home. Uh, I Just get up to where the sun is coming over the universal Earth, because not everyone has those beginning title ratings. Uh, uh, so uh, so for you and me, it'll be 0018. So you guys on Amazon, it'll be 0018. But right. if you're not on Amazon, just try to queue it up to where that universal globe has the sun almost like just peeking out. I think Scent of a Woman was universal as well, so we're getting a couple uh universal classics. That would be a good that's a good uh trivia uh you know what which production companies did he work with the most. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. I was recently looking at Spielberg's IMDb. He would flip flop regularly until like the Dreamworks era, so it is interesting. So Kyle, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm standing by. All right, so I'll count us down this time. When I say go, press play. Three, two, one, go. And we are playing. The world is lighting up. Okay. All right, the globe. This is a global movie. This is a movie with global implications. Second Universal movie in a row. Scent of a Woman was Universal as well. Alright. Yep. A lot of production companies for this one. 
get Playtone, Mr. Hanks's. I almost said Mr. Cruz, <laughs> Mr. Hanks. Getting confused because we have a show that thing you do. on this network, the Tom Tom Club, which examines alternately the movies of Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks. Though they are done with Tom Cruise, just on Hanks from now on. Yeah. And here we go with the DreamWorks <laughs> uh, symbol. What an interesting opening, because it's so stylized, and you don't expect this to be yeah. a stylized <laughs> film at all. Very Americana, 2006, post-9-11. Post-9-11 is very important in this film. Yeah, yeah. This comes out in the midst of the Afghanistan war. You know, Iraq war times as well. Um, and of course, if I haven't mentioned already, directed by Mike Nichols, who I most know from The Graduate, but like, you know, uh, he's done a ton of films. He's one of probably the greatest directors of the 20th century. And I feel like... He did The Birdcage, right? Yeah, he did The Birdcage. Yeah. I feel like he's someone who maybe is not... Like, he's a household name among young, uh, among old people. Now, old mm-hmm. sounds bad. Like, not that you and me are old, but, you know, I feel like young people coming up don't really know the name Mike Nichols. And it's a shame because, again, his career spans... What? what when was The Graduate? Uh, mid, mid-60s, yeah. late-60s. Like. So you go from there to here. Yeah, pretty crazy. And, uh... You know what? It's a, it's a good choice with this movie. We get we got our we got a shot of our main man already. Oh, there we go again. Because this is like with an a, after scene. Yeah, with our with uh, his amazing mustache and, I mean, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Amy Adams, Julia Roberts, Tom Hanks. Talk, hell of a cast. Yeah, and we touched on it before, uh, you know, in the opening, how Philip Seymour Hoffman, he's an equal now for, like, the first time in his career, or one of the first times in his career, he's an equal with two of Hollywood's most bankable actors. Yeah. Based on a true story. And this is very much based on a true story. And I remember watching a documentary in the History Channel when this movie came out with the real Charlie Wilson. And I think it's included on in the DVD. And he's like, yeah, it's a pretty accurate tale here. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Rock and roll. <laughs> Naked Ladies, your favorite. <laughs> I mean... This movie gets criticized by a lot of people because they say, like, maybe Tom Hanks... Well, he did, according to most sources, sanitize the film a little bit. It was supposed to be somewhat more of a darker story. Um, And it is a pretty Mm -hmm. dark story, but... I don't know, it has that kind of, like, political savvy feel, you know? Like, I'm rooting for the good guys and stuff. Like, I don't feel like, oh, you know... Like, I never feel like Charlie Wilson is a bad guy, you know? No, he's just kind of, he's just a, the bad kind of career politician, right? Yes and no. Like, he certainly has done clearly a lot of good, right? It's just, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, 
I like that Dan Rather shot but, yeah. in the back there. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't exactly have like all of his priorities straight. No, he's definitely an old school politician, that's for sure. Yeah, but at the same time, hey, he's in the hot tub and they're talking about making a movie and he's got naked women around him and he's, you know, paying attention to the TV and Dan Rather talking about Afghanistan. So he pays attention. (laughs) That's a good quality in a congressman. (laughs) Reading some trivia here, getting ready to, to... Digest it, and you know this is a great in my mind. You can like this film, you could hate this film, but I guess the point I was getting at was this is a great Hoffman role. He's nominated for the Golden Globe for this role. Um, it's awesome in my mind. I'm assu- best supporting in a comedy, or I'm assuming. Uh, let me look it up because I just know he was nominated. Best performance by an actor in a supporting role in a motion picture. That's all it says. Huh. But hmm. I, that's IMDb. But Tom Hanks' is best performance by an actor in a motion picture, comedy, or musical. So I'm assuming they just didn't include that part on the IMDb because it does say comedy gotcha. or musical. And again, this should not have been a comedy. You know, maybe a black comedy, maybe a dark comedy. And it certainly still is. But do I laugh? Yes. But the <laughs> subject matter is way more serious than a traditional comedy. This isn't Wedding Crashers, despite all the breasts. <laughs> you rarely see Tom Hanks I mean, in these kind of positions, you know? So that's what makes it, like, interesting, I think. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, exactly. He hasn't been in a movie with, uh, or or rarely get to see his butt, too. If that was actually his that's butt. A, that's a coronavirus uh, survivor butt. Could you be Tom Hanks's butt double? I don't know. I've never really truly paid attention to my butt, Brian. <laughs> well, it's very hard to for any of us. It is, yeah. I was going to ask you this question later, but I'm itching to ask it. Um, I'm only counting feature films, and I might have mm-hmm. this count wrong. But I'm going to ask you this question. Okay. Shoot. Till today, and the movie has had to have come out already you know it can't be something that's announced how many times has tom hanks played a real person on screen i'll, I'll give you do you want me to give you odds i did i did kind of account one time i think but yeah sure give me give me some odds uh, 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 not odds i'll give you an over under right you're taking over eight or under eight over eight hmm. okay so what do you think the number is if you had to guess um, I feel like I looked it up. One I, well, time. yeah, but just like guess. <laughs> crazy. I don't. Okay, uh, uh, eleven. Eleven. So I was gonna say over ten. So you're still gonna take the over ten? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna count. Wow, the, the, that guy looked fucked up. Okay, so one, two, three, four, five, 
Tip. What a name. I mean, I'm sure nickname, obviously, but. <laughs> and again, I don't know if we said her name with the other three, but the great Amy Adams in this film. Yeah. yeah. Hoffman collaborator in Doubt, of course. But and this and is the like master. a master. Yeah, and the master, of course. This is a a young role for her. It's one of her earlier roles. Uh, yeah, actually, I just watched one of her earliest roles the other day in uh, Catch Me If You Can. Mm-hmm. With another actor in this film, Tom Hanks. So a collaborator of him, with him as well. Though I don't know if they share yeah. a scene. I don't think so, no. Oh, I lost count. You're going to have to... I think you're at eight. You're gonna have... No, I was not at eight yet. Yeah, you were. Nope, I wasn't. I was at six. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to start over, though. Narrate while I start over. Let's see. One. I think if I had to wear a pair of glasses, I'd I'd get big glasses like that. You have, like, fake glasses like that. I do. Yeah, that's true. He knows his shit. You gotta give Charlie that. Was the terminal a true story? Uh, no, because I think it's even a made-up country, so no. Oh. And Saving Private Ryan is that... No, like, that's not a true a, story, but... but yeah, it's not true, yeah. Catch me if you can, the aforementioned. This might be number seven here. Is Carl Hanratty a real person? It, it implies it in the film. Yeah, I mean... Yes. Uh, uh, no. Yeah? Okay. No? Uh, it's a fictional character. It's an amalgamation of a bunch of characters, so I can't really count that. Was this character in A League of Their Own real? Uh, I'm not there yet, but possibly. Uh, Joe. F- oh, you're going from front to back. Yes, okay. yes. The IMDb way. Gotcha. So I'm still stuck at six. Okay, ooh, I finally got the seven. There's a big gap. Um, Jim Lovell, Apollo 13. We have, I know Philadelphia's in there. Which is not a real person. Oh, I thought it was. It's kind of an amalgamation character as well. Okay. Turner and Hooch. I don't think we're going to get to 10. Yeah, okay. I thought. Maybe I counted some of those as uh, real people. I thought Philadelphia was real. It's based on a couple cases, and they combined it into one, so I can't really count that. And he doesn't like it's not like a real name of a character, you know. Interesting. What a t- what a table! Look at that hide skin. He's Texan. He's a Texan. You know those Texans. Now there's some that aren't released, like the Elvis Project and stuff. Yeah, that's true. Right here, here's who I have. By the way, I have before Gust comes in. We have some time to do this, but. I have Mr. Rogers, one. Ben Bradley from The Post, real person. Sully. Uh, Captain Phillips. <laughs> That's four. Um, Charlie Wilson, five. Did I miss one in there? No, I don't think so. We should ask our Hanks for the memories. 
friends if they have the right count. But I have Charlie Wilson five. I have Carl Henry doesn't count. Jim Lovell six. I'm gonna check the League of Their Own guy. I think it's only six. Why does it feel like it's more? I'm at six. I'm at six already. Captain Phillips. I'm doing. Captain okay, Man. tell me. Br- isn't Bridges Buys a real guy? Oh, I didn't look at that one. Okay, so, okay. So okay. Two years. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna count them out. Yeah, clearly. We've got uh, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Say the say, post. Yes. Say the character name. Okay. Say the. Okay. So Ben Bradley for the yes. post. Yes. Uh, so that's two. Sully. That's what I had. Three. Three. Bridge of Spies is what I missed. Bridge of Spies. Four. 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 Disney, five. Saving Mr. Banks, five. Captain Phillips. Six. Six. And then there's a big gap between Captain Phillips. It's Jim Lovell, right? Uh, let me see. Well, no, Charlie Wilson's one. Okay, Charlie Wilson, seven. So that's seven. And then Jim Lovell. I'm just, I'm, I'm looking. So you said Catch Me If You Can wasn't, nope. right? Okay. Uh, Castaway wasn't Green Mile. No, you got me on Yeah, so Jim Level 8, right? Yeah, and that's that's where we landed, 7 or 8. 8. The, the League of Their Own guy is not real. Big is real. Yes, <laughs> Okay, so it's eight. Yeah, so that's where we were. Okay. It's weird, but doesn't it feel like it's so much more? <laughs> it's because it's a lot in recent years. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get nine with Elvis. Yeah. Look at this hot lady, played by... Emily Blunt. Another outstanding actor in this, in a very small part. And she plays, like, uh, the guy's daughter, right? Who we just saw, like a, a campaign yeah. person. Or a donor or whatever. And this is the Charlie Wilson lifestyle. <laughs> oh, uh, why am I totally blanking on what's his name from The Office? Jim. Oh, uh. Actor's name. Oh, I forgot his name now. Yes, her husband in real life. Yeah, J- lucky son of Jim a bitch. Halpert. Yes, and we've discussed her brother-in-law in real life many times a favorite of ours can you remember her brother-in-law's name mr stanley Tucci. yes correct it's crazy what a what a ridiculous i don't know <laughs> why, why am i totally blanking on his name on who oh john krasinski thank you okay. I, I forgot we were still figuring that out a lot of cigarettes in this movie, but you know what? Cigarettes were very popular at the time. Do you, yeah, it was it, 1980? Yes. Do you have an opinion on her underwear, Kyle? Uh, they're a basic white cotton, <laughs> but uh, quite lovely. She's got a great tan going on right now for for the limey that she is. God. <laughs> you're, a, <laughs> you're a big striped button-up shirt and suspenders guy, right? Yeah, that's why I like Terry Crews on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. 
Lieutenant Jeffords. Yes, not so popular these days, that Terry Crews. But I enjoy him on that show. <laughs> so now he's talking to the sixth wealthiest woman in Texas who wants her, him to come down to Houston to see a movie. And this will change his life. <laughs> and at this point, you know, you're right. He's not like, again, not... Today's day and age, things are a little different, but at the time in Congress, your job was just to stay in Congress and bring home the bacon. They used to teach us that. Like, uh, oh, this is a great scene, so I don't want to skip it. I don't want to not yeah, talk about it. This go. is the iconic Hoffman scene in the movie, or at least one of them. And of course, this is John Slarity, who would later go on to direct yeah. him. In one of his last films, a movie we've covered, God's Pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, what the fuck? <laughs> great voice, great mustache, great yeah. glasses, everything's great here. Yeah, even like, they definitely... Is that... Oh, that might be his hairline. I guess he kind of did have a rec- pretty receding hairline. I would but love to buy the, pr- more... the prop that he's wearing, um... It's like a, his ID badge, Hoffman. Oh, that would be so cool. So remember, he was supposed to get the Helsinki position. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Finish. he doesn't get it. He's alleging it's because he's the son of immigrants. Yeah. And the Reagan administration supposedly tried to shut out the children of immigrants in these kind of jobs because they didn't trust them as much. Supposedly. I love, as like a junkie for this kind of stuff, like I mentioned, or I think I mentioned I was a government and politics major in college. So I really like this movie. I like the nuance, and I like everything he's mentioning, you know? And like... Yeah, just giving credit to, you know, or... Taking credit. (laughs) Taking, Yeah. yeah, taking credit, yeah. And... I'm sure this stuff still goes on now, but especially during the Cold War, the little battles had in all these little countries that the CIA would... I'm not saying it's a good thing, but, you know, would depose leaders and put more favorable leaders of the United States in power. And this is one of the guys, Gust here, is one of the guys who does it. Yeah. But he's also showing that he doesn't have a great uh, diplomatic sense, if you will. No. Well, he's <laughs> he is by no means meant to be a politician. But like station chief, it's a very prestigious thing in the CIA, but you got to be like, it's a kind of a political job. Gotcha. You know, you're the guy at... <laughs> <laughs> we'll see a station chief later. Um, you know, I really focused in college on... Uh, you know, foreign services. That's such a a great line. For 24 years now, people have been trying to kill me. People don't know how. Yeah. Great line. But uh, yeah, so like, it's something that I really focused on. And again, I love the nuances, nuance of it here. But I love that too. Like he knows her, he knows what she did. He did. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like the nuances of a station chief, you got to deal with the ambassador. You got to like put together reports. Do I believe his story about the immigrant thing? Yeah, I do. But there's also a chance here that in the real life, he was just also really rough around the edges. And I like how they show that both are possible here. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's... Foodie scene. I, I, yeah. Not a, you know, not to use a pun, but I don't think there's enough meat on the bone here to cover this scene specifically. No, they don't like besides <laughs> saying the price or whatever, saying brownie. Yeah. <laughs> not much there. Yeah, I love how they're going to send him there. Do you like those plastic cafeteria cups? Uh, sometimes. They remind me of Ikea. Their cafeteria has them. Similar. Not not the, not in the tint like that. But I do like the tint. Killing Russians. And this is so, like, not 2020. (laughs) Ooh. This is fundraising in Texas. What's your time code, Kyle? I just wanted to do a time code check. Oh, um... 2221, So we're just a second off each other, so nothing crazy. Okay. The Alamo. Yes. Never forget it. Oh, <laughs> old Texas money right here. Julia Roberts in a role that I think was a little different than the other roles she was playing. For a while, right? Yeah, I mean, this is... She's... At this point, I feel like, what, she's got, like, it's kind of the era of, like, Mona Lisa smile and eat, pray, love. Yeah, but that's so, like, she's not, like, a nasty, uh, you know, conniving. uh, No, this is definitely, this is a character. Yes. Again, Amy Adams is so good. Like, you notice the little nuances of her acting in the background. Yeah. I can't believe that... Didn't, it was on the last episode we were just doing the ages and stuff like that. And her and Joaquin Phoenix and Leonardo DiCaprio, are they all the same age? Or? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember doing that, to be honest with you. Uh, we did that maybe, together? Maybe Maybe I was having a conversation with whoever I was watching. Oh, yeah, I guess it was while I was watching Catch Me If You Can. I was looking that up on IMDb. Oh, that makes sense. (laughs) But I don't know why Joaquin Phoenix. Hmm. I've been fascinated with Spielberg lately. I wish uh, Hoffman was able to do a Spielberg film. Yeah, I wonder, like... Hmm, would it have been, like, Lincoln or something like that? Yeah, possibly. Who knows? But just one of the... One of the great directors he was not able to work with, unfortunately. So, another name we didn't mention, and you might notice the snip and snip, snippety snip nature of the dialogue, is the screenplay, at least the original screenplay, was by Aaron Sorkin. Ah, yes, yes. So, you know, a man who knows his political thrillers and dark comedies and all that so that that checks out 
And he eventually gets to be in an Aaron Sorkin screenplay with Moneyball, so... Yeah. So two, then, right? Yeah. At least, right? Uh, yeah, I guess only those two. Try and think of big time, like, I mean, it was also directed by Charlie Kaufman, but that's uh, Synecdoche. I'm just trying to think of, like, prolific uh, David Mamet, I guess, yeah. right? Um, and by the way, I... I kind of alluded to it but just to clarify this is Mike Nichols last film mm. so Charlie clearly has a physical relationship with this Julia Roberts character as well as a professional relationship we'll put it that way <laughs> fair to say quit <laughs> pro quo here <laughs> I love just the, she's got her martini, he's got his scotch bourbon. (laughs) And she with the dogs outside, Amy Adams, that's great. Are those greyhounds? Uh, I think so. They're a little big to be whippets. (laughs) Shivas, are you a Shivas guy? No. I can't say I've ever had it. Yeah, so the Sorkin script originally had connections between the people that Charlie Wilson was giving the weapons to and Al-Qaeda and Bin Laden. But look, I get both sides of it, right? Like, do you want to be realistic? Sure. But also, like, sometimes people don't want that in a movie. Maybe not a Tom Hanks, Julie Roberts movie, you know? And it is implied here. It's not like just everything's sunny and they ignore it either. No, definitely not. Uh, I mean, just the fact that these are two our two main characters are just so well informed on the weapons, and I mean, this is this is just crazy to think about. I mean, she's a okay, she's the sixth richest woman or person from. And Texas. by the way, in real life, was one time engaged to Charlie Wilson. Ooh. So they have an on and off. A kind of relationship in real life. Yeah. But, um, you know, this is like before the internet. This is, you know. Yeah. Um, Someone says a word to you. You can't just look it up, you know? Yeah. She's a woman of power. She's a woman. She gets things done, you know. Don't mess with Texas. <laughs> this is a great, like, see, I love this movie. I do. Because it really, really explains how things work. Maybe it's not as pretty, but there are plenty of congressmen who are elected by special interest. His special interest is Israel. He's elected by, as he said, Jewish people from California and New York who want him to support Israel. And basically they fund his campaign and he wins 
every time because, you know, he's popular in his district and he, he gets reelected and all he has to do is vote for causes that support Israel. Is it right? <laughs> Probably not. Do we want to think that our congressmen are in the pockets of other countries or special interests? No. Is it realistic? Absolutely. This happens. This is real. Yeah, and this is something that um, Aaron Sorkin is clearly interested in by having written, uh, I forget, the first maybe at least three seasons of The West Wing. Yes. You see a lot of Oh, now we're in, this is Rambo 3. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh at people dying. I'm laughing at the Rambo 3 thing. But yes, pretty graphic, honestly. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Because it's, it is interesting that, like, this is a, an era that's not really covered in films, you know? Afghanistan was Russia's Vietnam. As simple as that. They got mired in the conflict, and it took them years to get out of it. Years, and it wasn't you know it wasn't pretty. But we usually, to your point, we usually examine the Vietnam War. Yeah, perhaps Russian cinema focuses more on this, but this is the only film I know from an American perspective of the uh, Russian intrusion into Afghanistan. Uh, sir, I just said Rambo. 3. Okay, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Rambo 3 was the one where he goes back to Vietnam. Is that Rambo 2? Is that Rambo? Rambo Yeah, Ra- yeah, Rambo Part 2. <laughs> uh that's that's when he goes back to Vietnam. It's And like rescues prisoners that aren't really there in real life. <laughs> yeah. And then 3 is Afghanistan and he helps them beat the Russians. And then four is uh, uh, Burma. And then five is Mexico. (laughs) So weird. So this this story is so topical for a lot of reasons. But... A lot of what Charlie is doing and of trying to avoid is the same stuff that similar stuff that Donald Trump administration was accused of doing, um, which is violating the Logan Act. Which is and the, the Logan Act is what well, Charlie kind of admitted to violating the Logan Act. We'll put it that way. Long story short, I'm trying to like put it i i don't i could find what exactly what it says but basically like another country can't influence u.s policy i'll put it that way right gotcha. like people theoretically these people can't be like pass this law mm-hmm. and vice versa i think you do this for me in your country i do this for you in your country but let's be realistic, and this is not defending yeah, or forgiving anyone. That definitely happens. It, of course, it happens. That's just like the way people, and you know, just stuff gets done. I people... look, I don't want to get too political here. I mean, like th- that was part of the argument to say that Donald Trump didn't do everything wrong. Like that's how it gets done. 
you know. However, I'm going to try to tiptoe lightly on this point, but there are people who do it more smoothly, you know. There are people mm-hmm. who are more savvy about violating the Logan Act rather than just, like, picking up a phone and asking for something, you know. <laughs> you need diplomatic skill to tiptoe around it. And Charlie Wilson, he's not necessarily known as a diplomat here. He even says that's not his forte. He kind of just cruises through Congress for the ladies. <laughs> but but we're going to see his evolution into a diplomat. By the way, this guy who's playing... um the Pakistani leader here. I've seen him in a bunch of movies. Me too. And I recognize the other two guys as well. Yeah, the one guy I definitely recognized. The one who was, like, objecting right there. Uh, that guy or no? No, the other one. Uh, well, that guy is in, like, Iron Man. The one with the and hair I know. God, yeah. No, I, I recognize him too. Oh yeah, this guy, Om Puri is his name, who's like playing President Zia here. He is in so many, he's like an Indian actor, and he's in so many Indian films. Um, but he's also, of course, he's been in some American films. And there's one that, I just want to confirm it. Yes, I just wanted to double Hunter check. Hunter for Journey? Yes, Hunter for Journey, yes. That you'll cover in, <laughs> what, why are you laughing? Just, uh, because I I uh, haven't seen it and I just I know, I've got it right, and I know it's a movie that you enjoy that you. Like oh, oh, you just guessed. You just guessed. I thought you were just reading from the list. I thought. No, oh, I was no, confused. No. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in that. I thought you were laughing because I got like I got it wrong or something. No. no. So I was like, I don't want to do that. That would be. Know, xenophobic a little bit. <laughs> but yes, he indeed is that guy. So where do you know the other one from? The one that didn't have as much hair, you're saying? Yeah. No, the one is who did have Iron? the hair. Sorry. Oh. The one who didn't have the hair is the one from Iron Man, right? Yeah. Uh, the other guy, I don't know. I feel like maybe he was on, was he ever on like Veep or anything like that? I feel like he was maybe on some kind of like HBO. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to find him in the, yeah, right? Like, I feel like I've seen him and I can't put my finger on it. And I couldn't find him in the, uh, I know he's in the IMDb somewhere. I just couldn't find him. Rizwan Manji is his name. Uh, he was in uh, The Dictator. That's maybe like, I know where he I'm is. from. I don't know. I mean, I do know that he is like in... I feel like he's in some comedies. Oh, he's uh, he's on Shit's Creek. That's definitely the most... Okay, okay. Movie. Definitely have seen him in there. Re- he plays a real... He plays a real... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember him in that. I know he's in comedies. He's... Um... Wolf of Wall Street, it says. Now, I found... When you said it, I typed his name in. Uh, 
yeah, this refugee scene is very impactful, very moving. And you can see it really impacts him. And this is, Charlie Wilson said this influenced everything. He went to the refugee camps and was like, oh my God, I have to do something. For pretty much, I don't want to say the first time in his life, but like, you know, this became his pet project. Yeah, and like kind of a big, a global and foreign struggle that he, you know, this isn't just Texas and covering his own ass anymore. I remember when we first did the film with Mike Manzi, I believe, right? Yeah, correct. That we... I think we looked up where they shot this and I forgot. Mm. Some people have said the film's like too pro-America. And it was banned in Russia. I mean, I could see why. Um, Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't focus on, like, uh uh-oh, you know, the whole, again, Afghan war thing. Yeah. They definitely, I mean, the character of Gus alludes to to it. Well, that's why I like his character, because he's, while you could say it's all pro-America, his character is very much saying, like, yep, we toppled that dictator. Yep, you know, we did that. Oh, you think we're your friends? This happens. There's a scene later where he's talking to... He has to get... And we'll discuss it when it comes up, but they have to get the Israelis and the Egyptians to cooperate on something. Or, or someone, right? Like Because, like, the Israelis have the weapons. Yeah. And he's basically, like, telling the both of them, yep, we're, like, we support both you guys. We pretty much have funded both your armies to fight each other. <laughs> This is a huge, like, impactful shot right here. Yeah. All the refugees. That's crazy. And again, like, I watched the documentary, and he was like, that was real. Like, I could see tents till, like, the horizon. So the movie was pretty well received. 82% by Rotten Tomatoes, by the critics. Yeah, pretty good. Marines here tasked with... And this is a station chief. Or the ambassador, right? One or the other. I don't remember. You see a lot of station chiefs in a film I really like with probably my favorite actress. uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Jessica Chastain. But uh, Mm, a lot of station chiefs in that. And of course, Zero Dark Thirty is the sequel to Charlie Wilson's War. <laughs> you know what? If you want that, people, if you want like both stories combined, watch them back to back, and then you'll then you'll get most of it. Don't watch like Oliver Stone's like World Trade Center in the middle of it. Like we no, do it. Do it. More politics involved. 
So yeah, uh, Charlie mentioned this, I believe, but he one of his many committee assignments is on basically the committee in Congress where you can just get money and no one asks questions for projects like this. Good committee to be a part of. <laughs> Absolutely. Because it's top secret stuff. You can't just like say, hey, we're funding this. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Hoffman was also nominated for a BAFTA for this. Don't want to, you know, dismiss that. The British Academy of Film Awards for Best Supporting Actor. As I went and slided the British before by using (laughs) the L word. (laughs) I apologize, our allies for better part of our countryhood, I guess, right? Uh... Well, not the beginning. No, but not the first two wars, was, but but most. When of I was it saying the when I was saying the better part, I then I started backpedaling because like I know that's still even technically in the revolution uh, in the civil war, they weren't. I mean, they weren't period. against us either. They were just neutral. Weren't they kind of like helping the Confederates a little bit? No, that's a kind yeah. of that's kind of a myth. That's one of those like myth? bad myths that they try to spread. The Confederates were trying to get the British to support them, but they never would have. Um, they it was kind of a pipe dream. Uh, gotcha. They had already banned slavery, and their people detested slavery. If they would have helped the Confederacy, it would have looked really, really bad, <laughs> you know. Um, mm-hmm. But that's something that we we kind of learned in school, and and I, I mean, I'm glad you bring it up because there's a lot of a uh, talk of like education reform and kind of changing the textbooks to be more accurate. There's no denying that when we grew up Kyle there was a lot of inaccuracy when it came to the civil war specifically in our textbooks for example the biggest thing that i'm sure you I, mean, I know you and i both learned is that they didn't fight against slavery it was for states rights but yeah it was the states rights to keep slaves <laughs> you know that's yeah <laughs> you know and that's a fallacy and i only bring that up here while we talk about this film is because who knows what the truth is? What do they say? Like the winner writes history or whatever? I, I don't know. There's a better way to put that, but this is completely – I'll admit it. You'll admit it. This is completely from the American perspective. This movie is called Charlie Wilson's War. You know, Of course he's going to look like a hero in this. I'm not oh, saying it's good. Yeah. I'm not saying it's bad, but – we also shouldn't take movies as 100% history either. You know, This is just one perspective here. It's a pretty damn cool one, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He went upstairs to kill Russians. What's he, what's he eating there? A little Danish, maybe? Or donut? Nice. I like the line, the mules are getting better, better health care than the Afghans. <laughs> I love him just, like, paying attention to all the women that were yeah. in the office. But he's digesting, you know? Yeah. 
Apparently, <laughs> I read in the IM in the IMDb trivia that he actually had one uh, one like guy in the office. It wasn't just all women, but still, he kept a lot of attractive women. One of them is called Jailbait. <laughs> So there are no scenes, by the way, and they'll talk about it a little bit here, but there are no scenes with uh, Tom Hanks doing cocaine himself. But Charlie Wilson has fully admitted that he was very cooked up during this era. Gotcha. Yeah, that's not a... You don't get Mr. Hanks to do that. (laughs) Not in this era, that's for sure. However, I believe in this scene here, it's alluded to that he definitely did it. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) He just so he's so good because he's so straightforward. This is a great character for him because he's a he's in the suit, but he's a little bit disheveled. He's not as like prim as Charlie Wilson. Exactly. I was just going to say that. I love just like looking at the way he's standing, the way Charlie's standing. Yeah, just like he's leaning back, the gut's kind of out. Like, you know, Tom Tom Hanks is you know, pretty, pretty, you know, slim in this movie and looking good and just wearing nice suits and got the gold, you know. Gold but it's also a facade, those. too, because if you notice, he's dropping the Alka-Seltzer in there. He's probably hungover, you know. Yeah. Charlie Wilson's work hard, play hard. You know, just thinking you saying uh, you wish he could have been in a uh, a Spielberg movie. I, c- I could have definitely seen him in like a role in The Post as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, which would have, which would have reunited these guys. Good point. But definitely. Yeah, again, I love how one of them is called Jailbait. Yeah. Isn't that one from Roswell? Yes. She's in some yes. other... Uh, High school movies as well, including a film we're going to cover soon called Swim Fan. She's in stuff, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love his office. I would probably wouldn't have the carpet. I'm not a big carpet guy. I mean, of course, things would be more modern, but the map on the wall is great. Yeah, that royal blue carpet. Yeah, it's a little bit much. Well, there you go. You got the Vietnam reference right there. Yes. you're not getting the full uh aaron sorkin effect here but this is definitely closer to like an aaron sorkin in out quick dialogue yeah 
Yes, uh, very much so. And and just the phonetic nature of the scene. The girl's moving in, he's moving out. He's moving in, yeah. the girl's moving out. Charlie's Angels, as they're called. I'm liking this statement. Oh, so I guess they do admit there's a guy in there. They said Stu. Yeah. But they just don't show him, and that's fine. Oh, I love this. <laughs> oh yeah, the the good old <laughs> He just knows the lead perfect. Yeah. <laughs> no, so Stu isn't the other guy that works in the office. I oh, guess okay. this was like Crystal Lee. I wonder if that's a real person. They said that she was on the cover of Playboy, so. Some people say that the original script was supposed to be the Doctor Strange love of our generation. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. But Crystal Lee. Why did I search Google Images with that? <laughs> <laughs> there is a Crystal Lee who was in Playboy, but not in this era. That's a thick door. <laughs> I bugged the scotch. <laughs> Why do you think he did that? Do you think he actually wanted to bug him? Or do you think I, he was just I, like a kind of like... I don't know. It's Big hard dick to move. Tell. You know, just it's like it's hard to tell. Like, yeah, get in the mind a little yeah. bit, or yeah, like what exactly? Yeah, maybe get a little upper hand on him to get more money. But I guess he, I think he's learning that Charlie is ready to give more money, and he's going to become an ally in that sense. Yeah, he probably is like this isn't necessary. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing this movie moves pretty fast, right? Like for a for a movie that's just about talking essentially and getting things done in Congress, which is the slowest thing in the world, we are already what? Almost an hour in. Yeah. This movie is around like an hour and 40 minutes, mm-hmm. a little longer. Great, that's a great length, you know. It is and uh, I don't know. Most movies like this about stuff like this are at least 2 hours. I feel like there's a lot of montages in this movie. Yeah. Maybe the original script, the script that was supposed to be, you know, 
transcendent is better. I don't know how the Hanks guys felt about this. Well, we had one of them on, right? We had Manzi on, and he liked it. He didn't like it as well, much was, as we did. Th- had him on before, I think, Hanks' podcast was a thing. Right? Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what I mean. And, and Oh, okay. I'm saying we know his opinion, because we had him on the show, unless it changed. Maybe it changed, yeah, after watching all of his work. Yeah. I think Joey took a shot at it on like Twitter once. I love this. (laughs) (laughs) And this guy's in stuff, right? Or at least I've definitely seen him. He looks like, I mean, obviously, because it's like close to the time, but he looks like he should be in Argo. Yeah, he looks like he looks like someone from Argo. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Did you hear a name on him? I'm sorry? Did you hear a name on him? I want to look him up. Um, I, I missed it. They said it, but I missed it. Mike, I guess maybe. <laughs> yeah, Mike Vickers. Christopher Denham. Oh my god, he was an Argo. I okay. They totally cast them based on this, and there's no there's no question in my mind. What projects did he work on in between? He's literally has the same haircut. He they just put the big glasses on him. He's one of the people who's, you know. Yeah, he's one of the people. Okay. I thought so, but it's just he has that look, so. You you didn't say it with much confidence before. I never say anything with that. <laughs> Between it, uh, Shutter Island, hmm. but not much between it that I'm familiar with. So they definitely cast them based on this. That Argo, like. The pr- I mean, the hostages in Argo, they're all, not all of them, but like they're pretty good. And a lot of people I talk about in High School Slumber Party, uh, Tate Donovan, who's yeah. awesome, uh, R- Rory Cochran, who is amazing in Dazed and Confused, and we talked mm-hmm. about him on uh, Flawless as the yep. guitarist, the random guitarist. Uh, but someone who I love, Clea Duvall, is in that set as well. The Faculty? Yes, from the faculty. She's a small role in uh, Zodiac as well. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. She's great. But I'm a cheerleader. Is a great movie of hers. <laughs> we get so much Hoffman in this film, and it's great. Just like on the go and quick conversation. It's just, uh, it's great. I love the length of his tie. 
Yeah. <laughs> he wears a suit because he has to wear a suit. Mm-hmm. But that's all he knows, too. You know, he's a career CIA guy. <laughs> there you go do you go. have a, a friend that's an arms dealer in Israel Brian if they funded my campaign I suppose if you guys hear someone's driving a moped up and down the street uh, so if that bleeds in, I apologize. <laughs> nice. Yep, those are two big things that probably would not be uh, good for a deal. Yeah, it's just so <laughs> crazy to try to get, I mean, to, that that they were able to get people out there to like work together to unify for at least this, this moment. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a very flattering thing. I don't know if you remember Kyle, but like we got so many followers from Afghanistan. Yeah. On our Facebook so page many. because we like promoted a picture of Charlie Wilson like holding up the uh RPG thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess a lot of people in Afghanistan really connected with that image because they started to like the page. They didn't listen to the episode, but hey. <laughs> we'll have to translate it. <laughs> see you see here that he kind of does the move like another power move here right like similar yeah. to Charlie bugging the scotch Yes, tell, tell a Jewish man for the love of Christ. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> I love, again, how, like, uh, 
Gust here does not care if he's liked or not. Yeah. Another reason to show why maybe he wouldn't exactly be a great, uh, was it station, station chief? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot, and this is a hundred percent true story. Okay, I don't know about hundred percent, but this is a true story that uh, he knew a belly dancer in Texas, mm-hmm. and he heard that the whatever this Egyptian minister really liked belly dancers, and he flew her over just to appease wow. him, so that he could talk to the deputy and get the deal done. And I think, I'm pretty sure in the documentary, they talked to the belly dancer. <laughs> oh, he, this guy, I'm, mm-hmm. now I know I started saying this in the, when we did the movie originally, this guy's also in Iron Man. Yes. Which just goes to show you how, uh, unfortunately, like the same, I mean, good for them that they're getting roles, but just like the limited amount of actors, you know, that are to represent Middle Eastern yeah, essentially, like, oh, I saw that guy in Iron Man, or vice versa, you know? Let's yeah. put him here. <laughs> Jesus. This is This reminds me of your living room, the way it's decorated. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. The snakes. Yeah. A lot of cobras going on. (laughs) Oh, God, don't get political, even though there's a political situation. (laughs) (laughs) She's quite talented. Yeah, so, like, one of the nuances here is that they need to get weapons that look like they were stolen from the Soviets. If we give them, we, like, I'm in the government, but if the United States gives them M16s, Russia's going to know, you know, everyone's going to know that they're supporting this war. It's not going to be a popular war. (laughs) It's funny, as you say, you're like, yeah, it's kind of fucked up. But they have to get the Egyptian-made AK-47s because they, it's the same as the Russian-made ones, and... It'll look like they just found them, essentially. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Just the wheeling and dealing that goes on, and just all of... Covert... I mean... It's like sleight of hand. It's all just... It's crazy. And we have to assume that this is happening today as we speak right now in some other war for some other part of the world that we don't even know. <laughs> this is Houston salutes presidency. This is crazy. She used her power. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, there you go. They mentioned the Logan Act. <laughs> I like how Mike Nichols is moving the camera. Yeah. <laughs> and she comes in hot right here. I like what she says. <laughs> and like most people, yeah, believe. I believe he did. Not I believe, but like that's what people say. Like he definitely, not personally, you know, but he yeah, organized right. a coup. But like she just comes in hot. Like she's not a diplomat either. Foodie scene? A little. I forgot about this part too. Like she's very religious and she likes to, uh, she, she yeah, thinks this yeah. is a, a crusade from God. And it's just amazing to think, yeah, strong-willed sorry. people. Yeah, I was just gonna say, and it's amazing to think that, like, literally, the fate of the world—not the entire world, but you know, the fate of a region, world Global history, impact. Yeah. Yes, is being changed and happens in these back rooms of fundraisers and donors' homes. Yeah, you wouldn't think something that was going on in Houston would impact, yeah, Russians and Afghans. You know, Afghanis and obviously all the surrounding countries over there. It's crazy. Yeah, it's just crazy. The impact that one person can have. And I know this is a movie. It's not just one person, but still. <laughs> it just seems like people that were slighted right there. Yep. 
I'm blanking on this actor's name, but he's... Ned Beatty. Thank you. Who's better looking, Warren Beatty or Ned Beatty? Mmm, tough. (laughs) He was in Deliverance. Actually, to bring up Spielberg again, I, I just, for some reason, I always think of him in a Spielberg, a not popular film of his, an early film of his, 1941. Yes. He's got great comedic timing. He's a funny guy. Still alive. 83. Wow. Good for him. How old is Warren Beatty? Warren Beatty. Eighty-three. All right. What? You rarely get Julia Roberts in, uh, you know, skimpy yeah. outfits. This is a movie that you like. I'm sure they, they both of them, or probably not even them. Their agent sat down and goes, "Miss Roberts will do this. Miss Roberts won't do that. Mister Hanks will do this. Mister Hanks won't do that." <laughs> Isn't it weird that Warren Beatty and Ned Beatty are the same age exactly? Wow. Is that our next podcast? <laughs> Beatty Beatty. Beating Beatty. Yeah. I love her hair. You know this is my era. <laughs> you have a lot of eras, but yes, this is maybe your prime era for hair. Because it's still, she's got, it's set, because it's 1980, what, maybe, maybe 81 at this point. Yeah. Uh, so it's still 70s. But you also can get into some 60s hair. I know you enjoy that as well. Yeah. What a life. Oh, interesting. The wheeling and dealing continues. Yeah. Gotta get a blind girl out of jail. <laughs> and again, I, I was just gonna say I love Hoffman, you know Gus in this scene because he's yeah. just not comfortable at a party, though there are a lot of pretty ladies. But when he comes into town, he takes in the sights. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Stop giving her advice. (laughs) (laughs) Little Bowie in the background. Say that again? It's a little Bowie in the background. Yeah. And I believe this is kind of a, based on a real scene, too. I, I believe, like, when he found out that he was acquitted, he partied his ass off, which shouldn't surprise anyone. 
Now that I, like, really see this movie and we're watching it together and we're talking about it, it does feel a little incomplete, right? Like, how far along are we in this? We have less than a half hour left of this film. Mm -hmm. And you're right, there's a huge montage we're going to get later where, like, most of the action actually happens. Gotta love Gus turning his head like that. <laughs> Sluts. Ooh. No slut shaming. Yes, I'm a little behind you. So they're trying to appeal to his Christian sensibilities, his compassion, but let's be frank, also his ego. Doc Long, oh, I'm talking for about. Sure. <laughs> Sorry, I just love Gus's leather jacket. Nothing like a leather des- a leather jacket in the desert. Stroking that ego. Yep. That's how you gotta play the game. And just So apparently Ned Beatty's retired. His last film was Baggage Plain. Baggage Claim. Never heard of it. It's a Paul Patton film. Hmm. It's like a Paula Patton romantic comedy, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) She's so smart. Yes. Savvy. Oh, I was like, can I? I forgot about the translator. I'm like, how do they know what he's saying? (laughs) 
I own that microphone he's holding. <laughs> oh yeah, that's like your standard like I don't know. See, and I think here they're kind of pointing out like the ironies of this, right? Like, oh, for sure. Yeah. Like it's not like completely sanitized, so it it does piss me off when people say that. No, it's just it's not gonna it's not gonna just flat out say, you know, and then we fucked up or like this isn't gonna be a uh, uh, oh god Adam McKay when he's was making. Cheney, or that was was that Vice, or then what was the? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think of the the Big Short. The Big Short, thank you. Yeah, you know that all of a sudden it's going to break the fourth wall and be like, well, what really ended up happening <laughs> two fifteen years later, you know, or whatever. Yeah, look, it, could it have gone harder? Yes, maybe it should have gone harder. Yes, but let's not pretend this is like a Pollyanna film either, where it's just like, oh, everything's hunky dory, everything's great. You know, I get it has those moments, but there is, like, a lingering... Like, yes. Are the Russians killing a lot of people? Sure. But now we're also seeing them die, you know, as they get more weapons. Yeah. The road to hell is paved with good intention. Yes, perfect. Like, so far, what they've done is just escalate the war. Yeah, yeah. Well, talk, I mean, totally comes from a fictional film, but, like, it's perfectly said in, I think, the in Bat, end of Batman Begins or something like that, where uh, Gordon is saying to Batman just, like, about escalation, you know, if we get... Uh, body armor, they're going to get armor-piercing rounds. It's just like, where is it? You know, you just start one-upping one another. Absolutely. Something new will even be invented. Uh, Absolutely. I thought you were going to say another Batman quote that I often say, because I think it applies to American politics. The night uh, but, is but, often darkest before the dawn. I mean, yes. That, that <laughs> can apply. But no, like, what is Rachel. it? Rachel! Is it that one? Yes, it's Rachel. <laughs> no, it's a... Uh, <laughs> What is it exactly? It's like you you either die a hero or live long enough oh. to see yourself become the villain. Oh yeah, kind of applicable here. For not sure, that Charlie man. Wilson, not that Charlie Wilson himself is the villain, but I think America. No, is more but America, America is yeah, yeah, exactly. What is our place in the world now? It really depends on perspective, but I think that's true. Though of politicians, I think it's true of a lot of things. So, Batman on point with a couple good quotes there. What's your name? Robin. <laughs> Something like that. Oh, you think darkness is your ally. You merely adopted the dark. No, that's my middle name. My real name's Robin. <laughs> I'm playing it like Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Robin. It's like, oh... I like your middle name more. Robin, you should use that. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> or maybe that's his first name. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Yeah, I, I thought it was like he uses his middle name. And she's like, John, oh, you should, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, you should you use should your first name. It. It's nice. It's nice. Robin. 
So what is that? What is this? Oh, so stupid. Oh my god, his name is Robin, but a character's name is Robin, but then nothing ever comes from it. It's just like, why give that little, like, wink? Like, <laughs> ugh. Yeah, I mean, the Nolan Batmans are not flawless. Let's not pretend no. they are. I love this. Just a little banter. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> that one, that one. It's fucking crazy. It really is crazy that you could I mean you could launch a missile, a heat seeking missile from the ground with that. Yeah. Like, you don't have to be too accurate. You just kind of have to kind of lock it in. <laughs> Two more guys just show up. Yep. Pretty good effects in this film, I have to say. Yeah, there's a good mixture of uh, practical and a little bit of CGI. Yeah, they love the they love the real fire. Like they're shooting that must maybe on some kind yeah. of like Ooh, stage. Look at that transition. Whoa. Ooh. So objectifying Amy Adams. Okay. This is a movie though that where like a kind of yeah you know. <laughs> oh god 1987 good year <laughs> not uh yeah uh, he just kisses his employee yeah uh so it's crazy so this movie the movie began in 1980 and it's just crazy that we're now via this montage all the way in 1987 yeah think about that a movie that's under two hours that is at least seven years or longer not counting i know they like fast forward to when he gets an award but that's not you know that i'm not counting that yeah but just uh so that's one thing that i don't think is maybe shown necessarily well i mean they do say something at the end when they're specifically talking about the budget like this all started with how much and now we're at how much but um you know just how long these individuals were involved yeah, because it's one of these things that is not does uh, it's not overnight, you know. It's going to take some time. Mm-hmm. And he's he's working on other policy too at this point. We just don't care to see it. Basically, you could define this movie as like the Reagan years. No. Yeah. What year does? Bush become president here. 88. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like Bush is about to be elected. I mean, about to take office. He's already been elected. If it's yeah. Christmas, 1988. No, it's spring. So, 
Oh, so that was... Okay, before it said 87, 88, so I guess... Yeah, so Bush has not been elected yet. Jesus, this footage is intense. Wow. What's this guy's <laughs> name? That guy's famous too. Yeah. Haircut passage of time. Oh, she got married. Not to him. Am I ever going to see you naked again? I love that. Naked. Wow. Since ever. Right here. Is he crying? Looks that way. Just think he's just reflecting on a whole lot. Maybe, maybe a little boozed up to you. Maybe with some drugs too. We don't know. He does love the uh, the white china. <laughs> Ooh, cell phones. <laughs> the passage of time. Jeez, like again, like the last part of this movie is just a huge passage of time of years. Yeah. <laughs> one of these images here of like him with the RPG is the one we shared on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. How must have this been written in the script, right? Like, it must have been pretty... <laughs> you ever, like, when... Like, think of the last time you did an essay, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe not the last time, but you ever, like, work really hard on 80% of it? And then kind of just, like, <laughs> you know... Not half-ass the rest, but just, like, all right, I, I gotta continue. Or even, like, writing a script or writing a story and, like, you're like, oh, shit, I'm this far in. Let me just... Let me just bring it home. <laughs> It's kind of what this movie does. <laughs> See, he, yeah, he's alluding to it there. A little bit. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's definitely, it's it's showing a specific period in history and a spe- the specifics of how the snowball started rolling. 
it's not showing its Yeah, whole... you're right. So it's more a movie about the start of this rather than how it all and, happened. And if you think about it, then even like the start of the, America's involvement then, but then it, the whole movie is about the start of just like us over there for what's... We're yeah. still over there. Essentially. And this is, uh, you know, him kind of... You know, in his own little way, telling him what's going on. Yeah. And then Gus has a great argument, like, all right, now keep the money going and rebuild the country. Yeah. Which they didn't do. Ugh. (laughs) I like that line, you could depress a bride on her wedding day. I feel like Southerners always have great like analogies and wordplay for things. <laughs> That's true. Look, he just brushes it off. <laughs> cool shot. Yeah, it's different. We'll see. What used to be a full table is now five guys. Yeah. But then they just wanted to kill Russians and piss them off. They weren't really thinking about Afghanistan. No, exactly. It was never about Afghanistan. Maybe to Charlie, maybe to Julie Roberts' lady, but... Yeah, it was never about the citizens. It was about where our enemies were to make a point to them at that moment. And to be fair, he sold it to them like that. Yeah, exactly. That's what every person did in this movie, is found what the person wants to be recognized for or yeah, their ego or all, all of that. Just like a lot of vanity level stuff, but that's what worked to get it going before. But yeah. What, what do you, what do you do now once the Russians are out? And they don't even know what country. <laughs> Sad, Charlie. Yeah. 
But yeah, you see, like, so the movie is not like, again, like, I'm going to use this term again, it's not Pollyanna, it doesn't just show him being a hero, it doesn't end with him lifting the AK, uh, sorry, the uh, RPG in the air, right? Yes, it ends with him getting a medal, but in the scene before this, we saw, he's conflicted, look at his face. They're all happy for him, but he's like, he's proud. <laughs> what? Good, did, uh, I think I'm a little ahead of you, but the Philip Seymour Hoffman oh. and just like his... <laughs> I raised towards him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're a little ahead. That's why. No, but exactly, right? Like, he's proud of his accomplishment, but he is, you know, worried. <laughs> then we <laughs> fucked up the end game, Charlie Wilson. So he even knows in real life, you know. Yeah. So again, I'll go to bat for this movie anytime. Like, fight me on this if you—not you, obviously, but other people can fight me on this because I really like this movie. It's a fun movie, and Philip Seymour Hoffman's great. The book? No, I have not, but it's a popular book. So that was Charlie Wilson's War. Indeed, it was. It was fun. It was a again kind of sad and sobering but also an interesting look into the politics of the soviet invasion to afghanistan and our response in the united states here now my question to you kyle is what did you learn i'm kidding what (laughs) so this is in his political series yeah i was just thinking actually of uh Tom Hanks, and so then uh, we, we mentioned it earlier, but Bridge of Spies, that's like another, that's an earlier point of American and Russian, you know, Cold War story. So th- I feel like this would be in in his level of stuff. Very true, very true. The Post would probably be in another, in like political, it's a different kind. I know it's journalism, you know, journalism, but it's a, about revealing political uh Secrets, right? Okay, so I have the Wheel of Hoffman up. Just FYI. Uh, I just need to do a little housekeeping on it because we are... uh... Hmm. Oh, actually. Actually. This is the 17th. We're actually going to do something different next time, Kyle. I'm going to surprise you a little bit. I think I mentioned it to you, but... We're going to leave the wheel. Whoa. Happiness will still be up there, but we're not going to have a vote next time because I want to do something different. So I know we've covered this film before, but it's actually the 25th anniversary of Almost Famous. And I went on Amazon and bought myself a copy. So we'll have to be in the same room for this one, six feet apart. But I bought myself a copy of the what they call the bootleg edition of Almost Famous, which is 40 extra minutes of Almost Famous. So supposedly, yeah, supposedly there probably, I'm guessing, is more Hoffman in there. Regardless, it's the 25th anniversary, and I just wanted to do another Almost Famous episode in the middle of our little run here because there. I think I mentioned it maybe last episode, maybe the episode before, but there's a great podcast called Origins, and this season focused on Almost Famous, and there's a lot of Hoffman nuggets in there. So you got a little homework, Kyle. You got to listen to this podcast as well, and then we'll watch this 
bootleg edition of Almost Famous. And, you know, we don't have to narrate it so much, but I do want to mention and talk about all these great Hoffman nuggets we got from that and celebrate 25 years of a film that's in so many people's top five, certainly so many people's top tens, a film that was popular at the time, but even maybe a little underappreciated at the time. It It's a film that has withstood the test of time. And again, 25 years since Almost Famous. So we'll be celebrating that next time on PS. I still love Hoffman. 25 years of staying uncool. Ooh, did you just want to end like that? Well, you ruined it. Well, well, kidding, I, I didn't. Kidding. I didn't know you were there because I was gonna. You know, I I forgot to plug everything. But no, no, no. Of course, no. It, it works <laughs> either way. It does work. It's one of those things. Boom. You know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so of course, you know, if you found us here, you found us on Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Please hit that subscribe button, and of course, you can check out our archive on CageClub.me. That's CageClub.me. Once again, we'll be rewatching. Almost Famous, but this will be the bootleg edition, which is the director's cut from Cameron Crowe. So excited about that. And you can check us out pretty much every other Monday, but the first and third Monday of the month. That's when we have our episodes. And of course, I also host another show on this network called High School Slumber Party, where we talk about high school films. And Kyle, what other show do you host? I host Foodie Films, as we brought up, or you, in, more, more so you, just little food scenes in this movie uh so yeah check that out it's fun we talk food movies and i talk with people that work in the food industry food and drink industry and people that just love it oh oh so much perfect and guys we appreciate thank you for helping us keep the legacy of philip Seymour hoffman alive by talking about and re-watching his great movies and his great performances including this one today and kyle i don't know if you have a clever way of doing this again but <laughs> go well, for, for it for such a job well done on keeping the legacy going you haw fans stay uncool <laughs> Sex you. I believe in miracles. Since you came.